Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 166 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for the wisdom in your word. Help us learn more wisdom today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Jesus is teaching in chapter 9. We read about being the light for others yesterday in Proverbs chapter 15. Today in verse 5, Jesus said, As long as I am in the world, I am the world's light. He healed a blind man right after this. I imagine this man would have been ecstatic to be healed from the darkness of his day. Yes, Jesus was the light for this man. Of course, this happened on the Sabbath, and the Pharisees were outraged. They questioned the man over and over again because of their disbelief. They even questioned his parents. They didn't want to be kicked out of the synagogue, so they told the Pharisees to ask their son. Their son convicted the Pharisees with his story and belief in Jesus, so he was kicked out of the synagogue. This may have seemed devastating to him at the time. However, then he met Jesus one more time. We read about their beautiful interchange in verses 35 through 38. He was actually the lucky one, the one Jesus told that he was the Messiah, and that man received eternal life that day. We have to remember that when bad things happen, we have the great blessing of being saved by God. He sees us, sees our pain, and comes to our aid just as he did with this man, whom he healed and then told he was the Messiah. We are saved, we have eternal life, and we are blessed by God to be chosen to know him and worship him. Let's see what John sees in Revelation chapter 17. Babylon is mentioned in verse 5 as the great mother of prostitutes, which refers to idol worshipers. Back in John's time, Babylon was full of idol worship. Even before John's time, there was idol worship, and there still is today. There is a legend that Noah's great-grandson, Nimrod, had a wife who said she gave birth to a son miraculously. As the legend goes, he was killed by a lion and then brought back to life. His name was Tammuz, which was the Canaanite name of the god Baal. The enemy is a great imitator and deceiver, my friend. John is told to go with one of the seven angels to see the judgment. The Amplified Bible defines harlot to be the word idolatry. Let's be clear that when we read about a harlot, we are reading about idol worshippers. We read about the people in the world being drunk with wine of idolatry. John was taken to a desert where he saw a woman seated on a beast, the beast we read about in chapter 13. She was adorned beautifully, and people saw her and her regime. Likely, there's a political part here, but mostly religious. They saw her as beautiful. Again, we see the deception caused by the enemy. False religion is escalating in our world today. In verses 13 and 14, we read the kings and rulers have one common policy, opinion, purpose, and they deliver their power and authority to the beast. They will wage war against the lamb and the lamb will triumph over them. He is the Lord of lords and king of kings. And those with him and on his side are chosen and called, elected and loyal and faithful followers. I am going to post a link to a very thorough commentary on this chapter in the Facebook group if you'd like to research more on this chapter. Let's see what's happening in 2 Kings chapter 23. Much of the chapter is dedicated to King Josiah and all that he did to bring the people into submission under God. He reversed everything the kings before him did that was against the law of God. It was a pleasure to read about all that he overturned. Verse 25 says, There was no king like him before or after Josiah, who turned to the Lord with all his heart and all his soul and all his might, according to all the law of Moses. 
However, this didn't change the mind of the Lord in the end. There was so much idolatry that the Lord was going to destroy Judah, as verse 26 tells us. Josiah died, and his son Jehoahaz ruled for three months until he was taken captive by the king of Egypt. In his short reign, he was evil. The king of Egypt made another son of Josiah's king instead. Jehoiakim gave silver and gold to the Pharaoh. He also took the silver and gold from the people and gave it to him. He did not follow in the ways of his father Josiah. In chapter 24, we read about King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He made Jehoiakim serve him for three years, who eventually rebelled against him. The Lord sent the Chaldeans made up of Syrians, Moabites, and Ammonites against Jehoiakim as he was determined to put them out of his sight. Nebuchadnezzar seized Judah. Of course, he took the leaders, the gold, and all the treasures in the lords and kings' houses. He took 10,000 people captive. He left no one there except for the poor. He even took Ezekiel the prophet, and he made a man he renamed Zedekiah to be in charge of Jerusalem. He did not do right in God's sight. In chapter 25, we read about the final desolation of Judah. Nebuchadnezzar came and built a wall called a siege wall around the city so no one could go in or out. Within two years, there was no food remaining and there was a complete famine. The Chaldeans broke in and then pursued King Zedekiah. It was rather barbaric as they killed his sons and then blinded him and carried him off to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar's captain went to Jerusalem and burned the house of the Lord, the king's house, and every other house as well. Any treasures left there were taken, and all the people were taken into exile. There was one captain left to guard the poorest people who were there to care for the land. The king of Judah who was captured, King Jehoiakim, found favor with the new king of Babylon and was released from prison. He was highly thought of by the king and dined at his table for the rest of his life. Let's see what advice King Solomon has for us today in Proverbs 16. There are so many nuggets of wisdom in this chapter. Verse 3 says, Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. As we surrender our lives to Christ and trust him, he changes our hearts and minds, so our thoughts become aligned with his. Then he blesses our plans because they are his plans. This is something to meditate on. Verse 4 says, The Lord has made everything to accommodate itself and contribute to its own end and his own purpose. Even the wicked are fitted for their role, for the day of calamity and evil. The Lord has a plan for everything, my friend. Verse 33 says, The lot is cast into the lap, but the decision is wholly of the Lord. Even the events that seem accidental are really ordered by him. Let us know the Lord controls it all, so let's surrender everything to him. Let's not hold on to anything too tightly, for it is all his. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us more of your ways. Thank you for the wisdom in your word. Please impart more wisdom into our hearts. Help us be obedient to you, Father. Guard our hearts and keep them yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.